Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Gary and Jesse Talk About Stuff podcast, and we're back! <laughs> After a long hiatus. Two weeks off. Two weeks off. Jesse was in Hawaii. Yeah, it was great. Look at this tan I done got. You yeah. uh, were on the beach. I am lying completely. Yeah. We were not anywhere. We were not in Hawaii. Uh, a couple of times, we simply texted back and forth, like, I don't think I can fit this in today. No. And no. let's move on, not do it. And I am incredibly sorry for the thousands of you that we disappointed. <laughs> um, maybe not thousands, maybe like one or two. I am disappointed for the dozens. That, that <laughs> it might be it, dozens. It might be, be dozens. Yeah, yeah. A dozen. But hey. We're back now. That's the important thing. We can apologize all day. We can point fingers at who's wrong, who's right. All we need to know is that we're here in this moment. Mm -hmm. And by pointing fingers, I blame technology uh, for number one. And uh, we move on from that. Yep. There we go. Done. Nailed it. I feel like this is the same. You remember a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago, we said uh, you lose your rhythm. Yeah, yeah. And your intro starts like halfway through the conversation. We should have done that again because well, we got to work on our banter back and forth a little bit. We got to find our routine again. Right. For those of you who don't know. And I think that. Yeah, right. There you go. For those of you who don't know, two things have happened. First of all, we took those two weeks off because, you know, we were both busy. And second of all, this morning, as we pushed the record button to start the first time, the camera decided it needed to update itself. And so we kind of like stutter stepped through the intro. Like, is it recording? Where are we? And so now I think we are. So we're good. But, you know, it, it was an interesting start. So. And that's kind of how we roll, so right? So we're kind of uh, like stutter step yep. through Just the roll with it. Like, yep. And now, <laughs> now I hear you now repeating you yourself. <laughs> we are totally winning at this life thing. Going swimmingly. Uh, oh, a bunch man. of this stuff to uh, get through, a bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, obviously, we have two weeks of information to update you on. Uh, first off, March Madness is a thing. Yes. Yes, uh, it is. Like crazy madness. Uh 15 seeds in the Sweet 16, uh, no Duke, no Kentucky, pets heads are falling off, like yeah. it's just all over the place. No, what, what's crazy is, I uh, see, I only follow probably the last Elite Eight, um, really, but I keep my ear to the ground in terms of where brackets are, right. and I heard that on, I think it was ESPN, they had something like 14 million people fill out brackets, right? and like 132 of them are correct after Saturday. Isn't that crazy? And it's like, you're kidding me. I mean, that's how nuts this year got already. So I can't even imagine what's going to happen the la the championship game. And I realize this is low-hanging fruit. Everybody's going to say this, but why not? Like, after coming off of a weird yeah. COVID year where things are crazy, like, yeah, let's have a 15 seed win it all. I yeah. think that'd be awesome. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I assume that would be right up your chaos alley. I like, think it'd be great. Let's, let's not have a Blue Blood Duke nope. in Kentucky. Let's have a... Oral Roberts University from the Summit League and all crazy stuff. Man, if Appalachian State wins it all, I'm going to be in some serious money. I I'll bet. Tell you what, You're you going to be happy. I'm be happy. Not that I bet on the game. I'm just going to feel like a million dollars because Appalachian State won, and who would have saw that coming? 
Let me know? give you this then. Uh, NCAA, this was updated three days ago, so obviously that's uh, a little different even too. Um, NCAA.com says 33.7% of their bracket challenge game entrants were perfect prior to the Oral Roberts upset. Yep. Wait, Oral Roberts played last night, didn't they? So how can this be updated three days ago? That must not be correct the three days ago. Yep. Uh, But let's go with this statistic because it sounds fun. After Oral Roberts win, they say only point. 42% of the brackets yep. are still perfect. Yep. Let's go with that because that seems dramatic. Dude, uh, so so here's right now, if, if this is correct, here's where we're at. Mm-hmm. We're in the second round now, right? Mm-hmm. Am I correct in this? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So Michigan is still in. Right. Right. You've got Florida State in Colorado at four and five, LSU at eight. And then. After that, like, the best you have is Gonzaga. Right. Who is my perennial favorite every single year. Like, I have them winning everything. Isn't that awesome? Because I love Gonzaga. But, I mean, it's just insane, dude. It's absolutely insane. Yep. And I I think it's fun to – so I got a kid that's really into it now. um, And we watched, like, a bunch of games on Friday – because uh, they got out early and then a bunch of games on Saturday. And so we hit it pretty hard with watching them or whatever. Yeah. But what it, what I think is always fun is to, like, find the lovable character of all of these different teams or whatever mm. and just get drawn into, like, oh, yeah, sure, I'm an Oral, I'm an Oral Roberts fan now. Like, totally. okay, yeah. yeah, like, why not? So my favorite one is Illinois lost to Loyola. And, <laughs> right. and it's like Loyola, Chicago. It's like way to go, Chi Town. You know, right, I mean, right. out of nowhere. And then, then my other interesting one: Syracuse upsetting West Virginia. That made our house pretty happy because we got some Syracuse uh, going through the blood. Do you uh, really? Oh yeah. Well, Sandra oh, being yeah. from there, or whatever, suppose, yeah. and that was the only uh, team that she ever paid attention to and kind of played the Homer card or whatever, man. And yeah, it was, it was a a pretty fun weekend. I'm just loving the chaos. I think it's great. So I wanted to ask you this question, uh, because I figure one of the staples that we have here at, at, uh, living water, but, uh, also especially at the Gary and Jesse talk about stuff podcast is to find the God glimpse in everything. Uh, to find a little bit of theology, to find a little bit of uh, Jesus Christ sprinkling through the conversation. Where is the theology in March Madness? Let's Mm. make some huge jumps into what the theology of March Madness points to Jesus Christ and how that has something to do with it. Mm, that's an excellent question. Right? I thought that would be kind of a fun one for us to sit in silence while people try to listen. Yeah, exactly. As they're on their way to or from work going, well, this is interesting. Listen to all the crickets chirping listen in the background. Listen to those crickets. Oh, i got to find our sound effects. There right? there you go. got to find the laser tube or whatever that, that horrifying website <laughs> is called. One of my first thoughts was hope. Yeah. Like, there's got to be some kind of... Uh, uh, underlining of hope that, yep. hey, you're a 15 seed, but you have a chance. Yeah. And yeah. 
this is so like um reaching of course so please hear that we're just kind of spitballing stuff and just having fun with it but we were a 15 seed we were a 16 seed because of our sin Mm -hmm. and christ gave us hope and now with him on our team we are winning right is that too like no i think that fits um (laughs) where where exactly would any of those teams be without hope in all honesty right i mean there's a chance. There's always a chance. Right. I, I think the other thing we have to think of is in terms of the last shall become first. Oh, that's a good one. Right. Um, the Those who are, you know, use whatever analogy you want. The humble become mm. the strongest mm-hmm. or, you know, the Lord blesses the meek. Right. Whatever analogy you use from the New Testament, basically those who are the lesser thans always, in Scripture anyway. Right. End up defeating the more than that was I mean, pretty good, yeah. Which is the 16 seed beating the one seed and all that kind of fun right, stuff, exactly. Right? That's that's right. your Oral Roberts University right there. How you know? lame of us to try to find theology in March Madness, eh, but yeah, it's kind of what we do, it's kind of what we do, yeah. And, and look on websites on laser lasercrazer.org and, and find the right uh sound effect and so all that fun stuff. I was actually thinking about that on the way up here. I'm like, I wonder what sound effects we're going to use today because I'm pretty sure. Were you excited about I, it? No, I'm <laughs> so I'm pretty <laughs> sure that uh, I, I went to a website. Four, four sound effects. Right. And it, I don't know if it was the one you used, <laughs> but it was the worst one in the world because I'm like, oh, look, here's crickets chirping, and it was like, bonk. I'm like, that's not the noise that crickets make How at all. How awesome what? is that if uh, they mislabel their <laughs> sound oh, effects? Oh, man. One of them was like a jet flying by, and it was clearly a slide whistle. That's I'm like, awesome. this is not right. So, What if you were relying on those sound effects for your big presentation to make a sales pitch, and you clicked on cartoon duck, yeah. and it gave you an explosion or yeah, something exa- like that. <laughs> exactly. And then you lose the whole account because of the wrong sound effect. You, you lost the, the account, Johnson. You, you lost, lost the, the account. Come on, Johnson. Come on, Johnson. That's Jeez. why That's why we go with zapsplat.com for our sound effects. That's what it's called, Zap, zapsplat.com. <laughs> Did you like the uh, commercial that I uh, that was good. entered us into there? That was good. Welcome to the Gary and Jesse <laughs> Talk About Stuff podcast, where we've been at it for 10 minutes. And have said nothing. And have said nothing. It's what we do. But if you stick with us, if you listen long enough, you're bound to laugh once or twice. You're bound to find something interesting. Most of all, you're bound to hear some theology. At some point, we will kind of wade through this, and we'll launch into some big, huge discussion about why this or why that. And so stick with us if you want to. If you don't, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll still keep doing this uh, for the five listeners if they tune in. Mm-hmm. We also like to give you an update on what's happening at Living Water. We like to give you an update on what's coming up, on what sermon series we're talking about, on what we have been discussing, what we will be discussing, all of those good things. Uh, The really interesting thing for looking backwards is that neither Jesse or I preached at Living Water, neither Mm -hmm. campus. And so... We can give you a little bit of uh, discussion on what the guest preacher talked about, uh, but we won't be able to dive in a whole lot, I'm sure. 
So we might do even more looking forward yeah. uh, as we look into Palm Sunday. But who was at Sheldon and what was his topic that you remember about Jesse? So we're at uh, we're still in the series of Jesus' seven words on the cross. And Chris Lean taught over in the Sheldon campus. He goes to the Sheldon campus and he's taught uh, various churches around the area before. So he was there yesterday. And he focused on the the line, I am, or I thirst. Hmm. I am thirsty. And basically talked about, how, from what I understand, basically talked about Christ's humanity in terms of we often think of Jesus Christ as a God, but we forget that he was also 100% man. Hmm. That's pretty good. And uh, it's the man part that also gives us hope because just as Christ ascended to heaven in body, so shall we ascend to heaven in body. Right. And so um, it is the flesh part that connects us with the Godhead and gives us the hope that he provides through defeating sin. That's really good. Yep, so that's what uh, he talked about yesterday. So um, there you go. And sticking with that Lent theme, sticking with the uh, words on the cross, you're going to launch into another phrase mm-hmm. uh, coming up here uh, this next week. Yep, short one. Uh, looks like it is finished, It right? is finished. Yep, yeah. it's uh, the final or second to last phrase Jesus uttered and basically saying now is the time where I... I I have completed my earthly purpose as far as taking on the sins of mankind and what Mm -hmm. effect that had for him and for us today. And that's going to be you, right? You're preaching that one? Yep, and that's going to be me. And this week I was in a manual due to pulpit supply. So this week I will be back in Orange City, or excuse me, in Sheldon. So I will uh, be giving that message on I Am Finished on Sunday. Nice. So Yep, and how about Orange City? Uh, we had uh, intern Jamie Negus preach. Uh, he <coughs> looked at another passage in Romans. Uh, if you remember, we've been going through Romans, and we actually called March Romans Leftovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we tried to go somewhat chronologically for uh, most of February. Uh, in fact, I think we started in January. Uh, so just kind of walking through chapter one, then we jumped to maybe chapter three, chapter four or five, then maybe eight, but just kind of kept going chronologically. Uh, for March, I, fo- I felt like it was appropriate uh, to just sort of fill in the gaps, uh, whatever we may have skipped over, especially because we had a couple of guest pastors in the month of March, let them sort of pick their favorite one from Romans and go after it. And so Jamie did uh, 7, verse 15, through 8, verse 1. Uh, I listened to the first half of the sermon. I didn't get a chance to listen to the second half. But uh, that passage is the tongue twister one where Paul uh, says, I don't do what I want to do, and Mm -hmm. what I want to do, I don't do, and kind of back and forth and back and forth. And then he reemphasizes that statement a couple different times, Paul does. And so uh, Jamie titled it Struggling with Sin and kind of walked through the reality of our human nature that giving your life to Christ doesn't snap, make things easy, perfect. Uh, All of a sudden, there's no more sin. Right. We still exist in this sinful world. We still have our sinful humanity, our totally depraved humanity. Mm -hmm. And so how do we continue to work through our, or excuse me, uh, to use a Paul language, to work out our salvation. 
Mm -hmm. uh, to be sanctified, to try this, to try that with the power of the Holy Spirit. So it seemed like he did a great job. Uh, Just as I said, I can only comment on the first half, but I think he was walking through it pretty well, uh, wrestling with this doctrine of sin and wrestling with the fact that it's going to be here on this side of heaven, that we have to keep walking through it. Unfortunately, that is truth. And that actually launched us in pretty well. We had somebody announce that uh, after Easter, we're going to get started on uh, a series sort of uh, leaning on that book, The Cure, Mm -hmm. uh, which is all about authenticity, uh, recognizing that I'm struggling with this, that I'm struggling with that, trusting in God to struggle with me as opposed to just trying harder and harder to please God and manage my sin. And so it was a pretty good launch in, I think, uh, for where we're going to go. Now, that being said, um, uh, coming up, we're going to be in Palm Sunday. We're going to be in Easter. So we're not going to deal with the cure yet, but at least it's on people's radars a little bit and they're getting prepared for it. Um, Hopefully this fits. uh, I hope it's not too much of a jump, but one of my favorite passages is the doxology in Romans chapter 11, where Paul is theology, theology, theology. And finally, he just sort of throws his hands up and says, wow, how... how deep and how wide is the wisdom of God and who could ever be more than him? And doesn't he uh, have all things from, through, to him? And I wanted to make that uh, our Palm Sunday passage because I feel like that's some of the language that uh, we sing Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna with just sort of throwing our hands up and just proclaiming how incredibly, uh, how incredible God is. So we're going to go through Romans 11, uh, the doxology on this upcoming Sunday during Palm Sunday and kind of tie in some of the Hosanna language to that. Is that a fit or am I jumping a little bit? No, I think that fits. Um, While you're talking, I was thinking it's interesting how, you know, the sermon series God places on our hearts because right. you're doing the the cure after Easter. I'm right. doing from Easter to Pentecost mm. after Easter, focusing on the times where Jesus shows up in between Easter and Pentecost in those 50 days. Nice. And it's interesting how, you know, the Lord puts different sermon series on different pastors' hearts. Right. It's, it's something to that. I just, I'd never been able to figure that out other than it's a work of the Holy Spirit. Right, but like anyway. why this one sticks out or whatever. And, yeah. And I think I referenced it last week or a couple of weeks ago when I was here at Orange City. I said something like a mentor um, suggested that I read through this book, through this book, The Cure, because I... I you know, being authentic and honest, I think one of the things I continue to struggle with uh, in my own life is pleasing God. Like, I have to try harder. I have to try harder. And if I don't try hard enough, I say to myself, my human nature says to myself, yeah, well, he wouldn't want anything to do with you. Like, you haven't tried hard enough. And leaning on trusting God versus trying to please God is the central theme of the gospel but the central theme of the cure. And so we're going to look at the gospel through the lens of this book that was suggested to me 
And that wouldn't have happened if that mentor hadn't suggested it. And so just, you're right, the the small steps that get dropped on a pastor, on a leader's heart, that can lead into something that hopefully is positive for an entire group. I think that's a really cool process that God has set up, right? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, we the whole reason we're doing the, the one about Jesus uh from the 50 days from Easter to Pentecost is someone came up to me and asked, what is Pentecost? Mm. Like, okay, well, we better, let's spend some, time, let's on spend some time on that. You know, I mean, that's a dead giveaway. Right. But it's just interesting how the Holy Spirit just plops those things in your life. Right. And then you're like, oh, okay, I've been wondering what I'm supposed to talk about anyway. And right. then it's the the light bulb moment, all you know, so to speak. But, right. And then, of course, because I have ADHD, I'm also sitting there thinking, you know, about the tongue twister that Paul has and how the first time I read it, I'm like, don't, I don't do what not, I not want to what, undo, do, but then I do undo what not I want to be. Yep, uh, time high five. And I'm like, what did you just <laughs> say there, Paul? Did you end that on a high five, bro? Was that what happened? Especially if you read it, uh, I haven't done this in a while, but if you read it in the uh, King oh. James version, oh, like there are some these and thous in there that's like, whoa. I just just Dude. It, it it's if you don't yeah if if you don't have a good grasp on the King James Bible it's it's right. tricky so the yeah. really fun thing is uh uh reading it in King James version and then in like say the message version or the amplified or whatever like yeah. the the language that has uh changed a little bit do you have the verse popped up there let me uh let me uh hit you with this yeah for i know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. What, Paul? Like, what? And I'm, we're not laughing at Paul. No, we're, I mean, like, that's just a, oh, what a wacky translation that is. Right? It's like, boy. And then, of course, you go to the message, and it's like, I, I better do pull that one up, too. I do good stuff cool. And it's like, what <laughs> kind of slang are you using? I, you know? I like this because uh, the heading says, I'm torn. A- yeah. And that's kind of like a little different language, of course. But how about this? Uh, this is the message version of Romans 7, verse 17. But I need something more. For if I know the law but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize that I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. Mm. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me, and it gets the better of me every time. That was pretty, that was pretty clear. Right? But like, I mean, they say the same thing, of yeah. course. But what a perfect, what a perfect personification of how different translations hit mm. differently. You know, you have right? King James basically being like, "Thou art not, for thine art not thou." Right. And and this one is like, "I don't do good stuff good sometimes." <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. I think we've had this discussion before too. Like, number one, like how many Bibles you got and all that kind of stuff. But like, what's your go-to translation? Yeah. Um. I've been leaning harder lately on the message. In fact, I think it was a couple of weeks ago uh, I used the message version in a sermon mm. 
because when Paul is writing this letter to the Romans, I wanted to keep that uh, sort of letter writing feel. And so we looked at the message version. Yep. Now, I've heard it said, I've, I don't know that I would ascribe to this, but uh, I've heard it said that the message version should only be a quote-unquote tool yeah. that you still need to look at like NIV or ESV or whatnot. And I don't know. I, I, what's your take on that? Can I use message as a sermon, like reading I, the passage? I think if the Holy Spirit puts it on your heart, you can do whatever you want, as long as it's in line with what the Spirit wants you to with, do. With Scripture, right? Yeah. Yep. So I know for myself, this is the blessing and the, and the challenge of being a Christian Reformed pastor. Mm. There are seven prescribed versions that I'm allowed to use okay. for Sunday. And right. I can't use any of those other ones aside from maybe like a, tool or a whatever, reference right. text, right. right? But if I was to use the, well, I think the message is actually one of them as the main text, right. I, I can't do that. And so. don't you think, like, even that, it's a, it's a guideline, right? Yeah. Like, if I was to just, for a year, use the message, then right. I might yeah. raise an eyebrow and, like, um, maybe you want to, like, lean on a... a a text that has been around for a while. Yeah. But I kind of would think like a little sprinkling here and there, like that kind of thing. Even if I was to use the King James version for a year, I'd be like, "Uh, I don't know, Gary, like maybe you want to kind of go with a little bit, uh, translation that's going to be easier to grasp onto. So I think it's a balance, right? Well, yeah. I mean, aside from the CRC bylaws, I mean, the fact is there's going to be different translations for different situations right right i mean would i quote the king james version to a new christian absolutely not right um i'm not going to go up to someone who just uh just had their life changed by christ and say these and thous and <laughs> now if says i to, do that i would yeah. not but sin that <laughs> exactly. dwelleth in me would you do, start with that yeah exactly so do yeah. you understand this how do you this you is your this? faith life you make it happen you got you know? it i'm not going to use that with a new christian however right. at the same time I'm not going to use, uh, I don't know, I guess, the what's that new one? The message, or uh, or yeah. there's another new one. There's right. another new one. It's like even further liberal or whatever right. you want to call it. But I wouldn't use that with someone who is, you know, like a staunch Anglican. Right. Because right. they would just not, it's not the same it's, tradition. Right. You know, it's they just all, wouldn't respect it. It's so. all context, right? And it's yeah. all like knowing the situation, knowing what words are needed, and knowing that Scripture itself does what it needs to do. Right, exactly. Because um, we've talked about this before, I think. One of the, the words that we use when we talk about Scripture is inerrant, inerrant, inerrancy. And what that ascribes to is God didn't mess up. Uh, there's no there's no mistakes in scripture, and if you go by the letter of the law, there you could argue that because you look at some of the Old Testament stuff, especially I've seen or uh, heard the argument like, well, First Kings says this about the numbers of how many David's army has, and First Samuel says this, and they're talking about the same army and they're different. And you could even go so far as, like, uh, if John says that about what Jesus did in that situation, what about when Mark says that he did something else, and how does that work? And I think what I lean on, back me up if you agree with this, Jesse, like, the inerrancy is not the letter. Mm -hmm. 
like he used a A when he should have used a B. It's more the message that God wanted us to receive is yeah. without mistake. Yeah. Absolutely. And what he wanted to get to us got to us. You is know, that something on the right lines? There? No, you're absolutely right. I mean, I we use infallible right. in terms of the message that God wanted us to have is not only without mistake, it's incapable of making a mistake. That's really well said. Because God is incapable of making a mistake. Right. 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 And so where we're at in regards to um, what to do with Scripture pretty much can be summed up in Mark chapter 16, where verses 9 through 20 weren't in any of the old manuscripts, but it's mm -hmm. still mentioned in our Bible. Right. right. And the, there's actually a note, if any of you are at home, look at Mark 16 in almost every single Bible, at least in the NIV and above. Right. It's going to say, verses 9 through 20 weren't originally in the text. So, does that mean our Bible is wrong? So then what do you do with that? What right? do you do yep. with that? Right. And the answer is, well, somewhere down the line, a scribe probably decided that he wanted to talk more and have a coda on the infallibility or on the, the deity of Christ. Right. And so some scribe in the 4th century who added it, does that make Scripture wrong? No, because God's original message was incapable of error. Right. Just because our translations have errors does not mean God's message has errors. That's the part that you got to underline. What Jesse just said right there, if you're listening at home, mm -hmm. uh, the reminder there is God's message is without error. Right. Absolutely. Yep. And so. I think that's what we hold on to when you come across a footnote like that when you come across a, uh, what seems to be a discrepancy in the Old Testament about numbers or whatever. Yep. Hold on to the fact that what God wanted us to hold on to was the big picture of it, right? And don't get caught in the weeds on some of that stuff. I exactly. Think. Yep. Is that well? Is that that's exactly right? I mean, you we could we could talk for hours about the different codexes and translations and the minutia of scripture right. and the scribes that uh, sometimes missed a word or whatever. Exactly. Uh, but what it amounts to is that God's word is God's word is infallible. It's Amen incapable of error and by the way it's a lot of people like to nitpick on how much is different between the two the fact is 98.7 percent of the old the dead sea scrolls matches up entirely right. with our current bible you so have to search pretty hard at the ones that don't and i find that being pretty amazing after 2500 years right right after a couple thousand years you gotta be pretty good about what has held on exactly so there you go <laughs> What is that supposed to be? Is that a duck? Yeah. It's is that is that what it's a that is the worst That's the best duck I've ever heard. That is the sickliest, saddest duck. That is, without doubt, the best duck I've ever heard. That that is that is a that is a swan attempting you know, to be a duck. If someone like just tuned in right just now they would be like, I'm never listening to this podcast again. Right. But if you right. would have listened like 10 minutes ago, that was some pretty good conversation. Yep. So um, my hope is that you hear all of our rambling and you pick out the good that was in that because there was some good stuff in there about Scripture and hold on to that. And then um, if you like to laugh like we do, if you like to hold things kind of like this is what is really serious. And this is what I can kind of, like, make a joke about or whatever. 
And I think that that priority level for us, like we hold scripture incredibly high with the mm-hmm. reformed view. Mm-hmm. And I understand that God knows more about it than I do. Yeah. And I can yeah. give my opinion and I'm probably wrong. Yep. And I'm going to make a duck joke out of that. So that being said, just like the scribes, you know, probably didn't do God's original word justice. We don't do don't blame this podcast for the mistakes of ZergFace.Taser or whatever this horrifying web. What is it called again? Why, why can you, what? like, I love it when you make up, like, uh, Instagram post right. or, or uh, a new uh, app or something like that. ZergFace.Taser. Yeah. La- LaserFaser.Biz. not even close. I, I don't remember what it's called. What was it? it was what are you talking about? Slamblam.org. What was it? Zapsplat.com. Right, that's for it. For all your sound effects right. needs. Zapsplat. <laughs> Man, in in the next Avengers movie, if I don't hear that sound effect, I'm going to be so angry because Uh, this this serves everybody with the horrible duck. (laughs) And it's right there when you need it. There when you need it. Thanks, Zapsplat.com. If you ever need to say it enough, we'll get some money. You ever need the sound of a dying duck on any part in your life? We've got it. Uh, we haven't been together for about two weeks, and uh, it was March Madness. It was yep. all that kind of stuff. In the middle of March Madness, which I think was horrible planning by Disney and the whole big corporation, yeah. they dropped Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I know. My and assumption I... would be, I, I don't know all of how they track ratings and that kind of thing, but my assumption would be you could have done a different time. Don't like, know why they did it right after WandaVision and during March Madness. Right? Like, don't a understand different it. Time. So did you watch it, first off? I, I have not yet. I was planning on doing that later today. We uh, we watched it. Um, we got some pretty big Marvel fans, as everybody knows. Um, so we watched it. And I don't know. I walked away like, okay. Because... Yeah. Uh, without spoiler, whatever, it's very action packed. Like that was kind of their tagline, right? Like, yeah. hey, this isn't going to be like WandaVision. WandaVision was a thinker, mm-hmm. and like, why is this happening? What is going on there? This one, for the most part, like stuff is going to blow up, yeah. and that's got its genre and that's got its followers and that kind of thing. But I just was kind of, I don't know. I walked away like, uh, Okay. I mean, I've got some time from four to seven today. Yeah. I've got meetings before and after, and I'm going to cry and watch it in between there. And when I watch it, I have heard that it's basically like a six, because they're going to release six episodes. It's basically like a six hour long movie broken into chunks. It's a six hour long final end game scene, is ha- what I've heard. Having seen the first episode, I could, I could go with that. There, yeah. There's some. Like, if you will, backstory that kind of like comes out a little bit, but for the most part, yeah, it's it's an action-packed movie. Um, you're not gonna have to think too deeply about it. Yeah. Which maybe I could see them coming off of WandaVision, where like you're just incredibly looking for, well, what does this mean? What does that mean? And detail, detail, detail. Yeah. Maybe you kind of need a breather of a season. Like, yeah. hey, let's just blow some stuff up. Yeah. And not think too deeply about what does this mean? What does that mean? It's, it's, so maybe that's kind of their thinking. Maybe. I'm sure it, you know, it's probably one of those where it's kind of like watching a Requiem for a Dream. And then right afterwards, you need a palate cleanser. So you turn on Rambo First Blood Part <laughs> Two. You know, it's just like, hey, I just, I don't know. 
You know? Speaking of palate cleansers, I want to get your take on this really quickly. Yeah. Um, we got to wrap up in a little bit for you, but yep. uh, we watched Batman Returns yesterday. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I struggled with this, and, and any parents know this. Like, So it says PG-13, Yep. but that's the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, 90s, I guess, right? Yeah, um, 91, I think. Right in there. Yep. Uh, so that's more of a guideline than a rule in right. a couple of different ways. Like, I would say some of the stuff that was rated PG-13 in the 90s, like, man, like, we have changed our culture so much that it's pretty light, like, uh, the violence or the sexualization or whatever. Like, yep. eh, they see we, they've seen worse in an advertisement today. Yeah. Um, yeah. But some of the stuff is a little more, like, whoa, like, really? Like, they're going to show that? Mm-hmm. And so we watched Batman <laughs> Returns uh, with the intention of, with my, what is he, eight years old, uh, letting him watch it, but, like, cover your eyes, cover your eyes, cover your eyes, you know, like telling him when to close his eyes a little bit. Right, right. What didn't, what I wasn't ready for was the penguin, Danny DeVito, like hardcore biting a guy's yeah. nose off <laughs> and spraying yeah. like like blood, like fake blood. And I'm yep. like, whoa, 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 whoa. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. And like there was, there was a weirdness to that movie. Like what were they going for there? I don't know. That and then we was... needed to cleanse our palate by watching basketball is what I'm trying to say. Right, exactly. That movie was dark. It was like, weird. It was dark. Right? It, I the mean, 90s they, were a weird time. They were a weird time. I mean, we got to remember that in 1991, that was like the fall of the Soviet Union, and at the exact same time, Saved by the Bell was out. <laughs> and so you have like that weird dichotomy. I love of, how you just pulled those yeah, two things like, out. Like, whoa, yeah, you're You know, right. from 89 <laughs> to 91, you have like fall of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> Vanilla Ice, welcome. <laughs> you know, it's just awful. But, oh, that was awesome. You, so you watch that movie, especially after the first one, where it's Joker and kind of funny. Right. You know, it's, it's an action movie, but it's good. It's chill. Right. And then you get to this one, and it's Danny DeVito biting nose off. And Whoa. A, a kid with, you know, born with deformities and, like, and yeah. dumped in the sewer. And it's oh. like, jeez, homie. Right. What there was some dark stuff in there. Dark just, stuff. Yeah, just crazy, weird, out-of-the-box thinking or whatever. And... We we all uh, so it was me and my boys so that we watched it and we kind of got done and we looked at each other like what just happened yeah <laughs> like, yeah what yeah, what? yeah it, it, I think what he was going for was a nightmare before Christmas I could see that in Batman costume I could see that yeah you yep. know just kind of the like I'm gonna take what you know. And I'm gonna flip it on its head and like kind of just yeah be weird about it. And problem is he totally failed. Put Michelle like, Pfeiffer too- in a cat suit with a whip and like right. scare the crap out of everybody. Yeah, yeah. And and the the weirdest scene in that entire movie isn't even with the the penguin. It's with Batman himself because like it no not Batman. It's it's Catwoman. When she like electric shocks the guy in a mouth, and then he turns into like a skeleton. I was not man. ready for and, that, like, right? And yeah. oh. and then like she has nine lives all of a sudden, yeah. and that's like, like a superpower to have nine lives. How do you and, fall out of a building, get licked by cats, and all of a sudden you're, yep, I'm good. Yeah, I got this. I uh, guess her uh, DNA got mixed with cats, and I, she had bloody fingers yeah. that got bit, and it was, it was weird. Weird yeah. movie, but so I figured you would appreciate the fact that we. 
watched that again I do. and that I scarred my kids for yep. life by watching it probably. Well, you know, did, did Abby watch it? No, we didn't like that. <laughs> you know, I was yeah, going to yeah. say, because the then young, I'd be like, young, bro. Like, no, no, no. That one, right. that one we stay away from. Right. Uh, the, the, I expected more like, oh, I had a nightmare or anything like that. Like, that didn't come out last night, so I was happy with that. Wow, that's a, that's a victory. Yeah, so that's a win. Yep. But I think... Uh, I think we're going to take a break from Tim Burton for a yeah. while <laughs> yeah. and not well, uh, not go down the Nightmare Before Christmas Road and all that kind of stuff. Again, 1990-ish was such it was a weird, weird time. time. It was a weird uh, time. Tiananmen Square Massacre, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. Like, oh, how man. do you... How, oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Do you remember what the early 90s were like? It I, was so bizarre. I don't. I just remember, like, being trapped in my own world and, like, oh, everything is perfect and... I guess this is what Tim Burton was saying. Like, hey, there's some messed up stuff in our world. And don't take it for granted or something like that. I remember very, very clearly, very, very clearly going to Home Alone for Christmas. Mm. Like the movie. Right. And then uh, four months later, Dad's like, well... Kuwait's happening. <laughs> it's like, Shit, what? What? Right. I don't understand. It. So anyway, yeah, it's, yeah. Sorry, enough. But it's a weird movie. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> that is a here's here's the tagline for this one: elk, comma moose, comma mating call, comma fake, comma human imitating. Oh. That's how we need to end our podcast. That's how we need to end the podcast. Boom. Over zergface.biz. All right. um, One last, like, 10 seconds of uh, being somewhat serious. Yep. Uh, What are we doing for Easter? Uh, Because people got to get some plans of where they're going to be and stuff. Uh, Who's doing Monday, Thursday? Who's doing Good Friday? Yep. Where do we go from there? So uh, Sheldon is going to be doing Maundy Thursday, uh, 7, I think 7 o'clock. I'll refresh. I'll send out an update to the campuses about that just to make sure. But uh, Maundy Thursday will be in Sheldon. I understand that Good Friday is going to be in Orange City and Easter at both campuses. It's going to be big because we have two years of celebrating to do. So. How about that? Yeah, we uh, we talked about this a little bit here and there. But, yeah, we were not together together for Easter. Yep. Um, did we do... A service like just the two of us was that Easter? I think that was Easter. That we were in the time of just having uh, one service being streamed. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow! Yeah. Wow. What a year! What a year, (laughs) huh? It's crazy. So I think what we both desire. I I hope this comes to fruition. But like, just sort of a exhale, like just uh, for Easter, just have it be like a. (sighs) Yep. And Sandra mentioned this to me. I think it was last night. Like, man, I hope it's good weather. Oh, like, yeah. How awesome would it be? I know one thing we love to do is open up that garage door for Easter and ha- and have natural light in. Like, wouldn't it be awesome if it's like spring weather? I would love it. Knowing Iowa, there's going to be snow on the ground. I pray that there's not, because man, I'm getting sick of that happening. <laughs> it's so Welcome anyway. To Iowa. Yeah, exactly. It. Here's your deer moose. Yeah. <laughs> human imitating call. Thanks, thanks Iowa. Meh. So put your calendar uh, accordingly. Monday, Thursday in Sheldon. Good Friday in Orange City. Easter at both campuses as we celebrate the risen Christ, as we celebrate 
the fact that the cross is empty, that the grave is empty, and that we have hope, mm-hmm. and that we hold on to that hope. Amen and to that, that. Everywhere you look, you can see some of that hope. You can see some of that glimpsing of God. Yep. Anything else that we're missing, Jesse? I think we're good to go. Talk for like 10 seconds. So, there we go. <laughs> I guess not 10 <laughs> seconds. Like two, two seconds. I love your face. Love your face. Talk for 10 seconds.